Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. and welcome to episode number 22 of Tell Me Your Tales. Something new for this week. Uh, what I'm going to do is every fortnight I'm going to catch up with Julian Spence and Bradley Croker who are both running the Berlin Marathon as well as myself this year, uh, September 24th I think it is, so in about 15 weeks and we're all just going to have a bit of a three-way Skype conversation about how our training's going, what our expectations are to date what races we've got coming up, and just, um, yeah, throw a bit of banter around around the uh, Berlin Marathon and our preparation around that. Um, don't stress if you think this is a, going to overtake the usual format of Tell Me Your Tales. It's definitely not. I'm still going to release a show each week with a conversation with somebody. And, um, yeah, this is, I guess, just a bit of a bonus. The shows will go for about 30 minutes, and it's us talking all things running, I guess. Um, yeah, so I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this show. Um, if you think it's worth us going ahead with it, I hope you do, because it's pretty good catching up with those two fellas every couple of weeks and just hearing about their training and how they're progressing. And I must admit, when the alarm goes off, Early in the morning, it's easy to get up knowing that those two boys are going to be on the start line and also getting up to train hard as well. But um, yeah, definitely let me know either on the Tell Me Your Tales Facebook page or chuck me an email at bradytravel at gmail.com or a direct message on our Facebook there. And yeah, tell me if you think there's value in a show like this. Hopefully you get something out of it. It will be pretty heavy kind of running talk, but um yeah, I uh, hope I definitely got something out of it. It's good talking to those two boys, and if anything, that's probably uh, the main thing that to be able to share you in with a conversation with those two fellas as well. So I think we're going to go with the title, The Road to Berlin. And as I said, we're going to do it every couple of weeks, so we'll probably do about seven of these shows leading up to the marathon in September. And it will be interesting to see how much our preparations differ how much our training progresses and at the end of the show today I asked the guys about their expectations and it will be interesting to see how our expectations, hopefully none of us get injured, touch wood, hopefully um, yeah, our expectations stay at the same level and we can go there and achieve the goal come race day. So it's about informing you guys, the listeners, about being on the journey with us towards Berlin and I really hope you get something out of this show. Let me know your thoughts if it's worth doing. Cheers. Enjoy.
Righto, fellas, I don't know how this is going to go with three of us in here, but I'm sure we'll make it work. Who's your money on for Leonora? Um, yeah, Guzman, I reckon. Yeah. I don't know who's there. Stewie McSwain's there. He'll be a good chance. Oh, yeah. That uh, Adam Pike. Yeah, it's Doug Hammerlock. Are you still watching it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, give us some live updates. My uh, right. in- internet in Moam is pretty dodgy. You can't go doing Skype and, and Facebook live and at the same time. I've just got the two computers set up. <laughs> yeah, you guys be like national broadband up there, government yeah. government house. Yeah, we, we have that, actually. Yeah. That has that. You got that as well, Moose, down there? Yeah, we were the first place to get her, apparently. Yeah, right. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Um, right, yeah, let's kick this off, eh? Sounds yep. good. All right, what we're going to do to start off is we're going to introduce ourselves and we're going to say our 10K half marathon and marathon PBs. So do you want to go first, Moose? All right. So are you recording this yet? Yeah, yeah. It all, it's always recording, mate, and then I just cut stuff out later on. All right, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, I'm Julian Spence. Um my 10K PB is 30 minutes 40. Half marathon is 68.20. And my marathon PB is 224.07. Uh, yeah. And you've run that a few times, haven't you, 224s? Yeah. I think within a few seconds of each other, twice. Yeah. Cool, cool. Brad, over to you. Yep, uh, I'm Brad Croker. My 10K PB is 29.48. Uh, half marathon is 66.58. And marathon, 2.24.09. Yeah, making our 10Ks look bad. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm a Brady Trailful, 30.05 for 10K, 66.27 for the half, and 2.21.53 for the marathon. And obviously, we're all here in this conversation today because we're all running the Berlin Marathon in 2017. I think it's, about, um, I think it's about 15 weeks today. Yeah, yeah. About, about 13 more long runs. <laughs> yeah, when you think of it like that. Um, now, do we want to maybe have a bit of a chat about our... I reckon it's good to introduce the listeners to like what we actually do for a job, so it's not just heaps of run and track, chat, chat. So... Back to you again, Moose. Do you want to tell us what you do for a job? Just understand the context a bit. Yeah. Um, so I am the co-owner with my partner, Bree, of the running company Ballarat, which is a run specialty store in Ballarat. We've been going for 12 months. Um, and, yeah, that's just it consumes us every day. We're at work, basically. Yeah, beautiful. You know the running stuff. And Brad? Uh, yep, so I work for the ACT Education Department in um, internal budgets, um, so not too exciting and would much prefer to be working in the running industry. <laughs> and I'm a school teacher as well, and I must add I'm only working four days a week, so Julian's probably working way harder than me. Yeah, and I'll add in there I'm only four days a week as well. I have Wednesdays off now. Yeah, and the day Professional runners, Thursday. mainly. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be letting us know about that at Berlin if we start running away from you at 35 k. <laughs> it's all about working part-time. Correct. All right, next question, fellas. The current shape you're in and how you've been training in the last two weeks. Go, Moose. Uh, I've been running for one week. Um, the week before I was jogging. I, oh, no, sorry. 
week before I didn't run because I had a, a marathon the Sunday before that. So been running for seven days, just jogging, and did one cross-country race on Saturday and 90 minutes today. So only 90K in the last two weeks. You feeling good, though, after the win at Great Ocean Road? Yeah, the body pulled up really well. Um, I had niggles the week before the marathon that I don't have now, so it couldn't have really... It couldn't have gone any better, the recovery. Yeah, and give us a quick chat about the race as well. Happy with the way it went? Yeah, I, it was probably the best I've felt in a marathon ever. Um, it was. It's so lonely down there. Like I ran probably for two hours, 15 minutes, just all by myself. Um, I Down there, it's, it's, it's so hilly that you can kind of get – caught up in in worrying if you're going to slow uphill and and try to make up time downhill so i i decided to not run with any watch which was a really big thing for me because i've been i get so focused on it so just basically gave myself no opportunity to look at any splits or anything um i i just had it set to time of day so when i went through the half marathon um I, I, I did have a peak and I, I sort of saw what time of day it was, not knowing if it started on time or not. Got a bit of an idea about where I was and then I looked at the 40K mark and, and saw a similar thing. And I just, it just, it takes, I guess, it takes away any chance that a negative or, or a, a poor split can bring in negative thoughts to your, to your race. So I wanted to get rid of, I wanted to get that totally out of my mind and, and just listen to what how I was going. Yeah, you ever done that before? Never, no. Oh, actually, to be honest, once my, my watch failed at the start, I ran out of battery, and um, I ran blind, and it was great. I loved it. And I, I've just been too scared to, to do it since. So I'm, I'm pretty, I was pretty proud of myself taking the watch off, really. It's, it's a big deal for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did someone like advise you to do that or did you just make that decision yourself? Well, part of the workout sort of like I've had monitor on the bike a couple of workouts and the workouts would change your pace workouts and he always just used to like he always says there are no GPS watches back when he was training and he really had to develop a feel for what he thought he could hold in a marathon. So it doesn't really matter what the watch says if you're going too fast and you know you're going too fast and if you're going too slow it's it's pretty rare that you go too slow but if you're going too slow um you'll feel so good that you'll probably make that time up later anyway so it i guess i have had a bit of advice scott nicholas my old coach old boss he he advised me to do it a few times but i wasn't brave enough to do it back then how's that brad you've been having monitor on the bike helping you out no, I haven't had monitor on the bike, but I've been doing monitor session. I did it yesterday afternoon, actually. Um, but what Julian just said then is absolute gold. Like th- some of my best races were when, like, I had a big breakthrough in a 1500 once going from 402 to 354 because the electronic timing stopped. And I had no idea what I was running. And I, I think you do actually put limitations on yourself a lot of the time when you do have data, all, you know. And, even this week, I sort of got a bit too worked up for Montefartlek yesterday afternoon, and I was constantly looking at the watch, whereas I didn't do that on Thursday, and it was a much better session, and even the long run today felt a lot better when I, I don't care about what the splits say. So I think mm. there's a lot 
a lot to be said for just listening internally to how you feel. Well, sometimes it's nearly a lose-lose situation. I know the temper I did yesterday, I wanted to hit kind of 318s for half an hour. And if I looked down at me watch and I was hitting 316s, I was telling myself I'm going too fast and I'm going to blow up. But if I hit a 320, I'm going too slow and oh, it's yeah. kind of going to be a poor session. Like So it's a there was not a split I could have hit that I would have been happy with. Yeah. yeah. Well, remember <laughs> the, the podcast we did after Canberra, I, I pretty much, after going through halfway feeling ordinary, I pretty much stopped worrying about the watch. And I, I still just took splits every 5K, but I wasn't actually focused on what I was running and it you know seemed to work for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right. So that's, I guess we're all in the same boat with that. Anyone not going to yeah. run with a watch in Berlin though? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'm oh, well, turning mine off for sure. Yeah, definitely. There's too many people around and it's going to be a competitive, like it, you're not going to be time trialing, but there's going to be packs you can run with and people to work with. And I think if you bring more of the competitive element to it, trying to finish in front of as many people as you can, the time will take care of itself. Yeah. Brad? Um, I'll have the watch on. I might, uh, I might cover it with tape. <laughs> yeah, you still need it for Strava. That's the thing. Yeah, you need, exactly. need it for Strava and... Like there's a couple of AIS studies where they used to tape up your watch and used to just have to run to feel and um, you rip it off at the end and see what you've run. Yeah. So Brad, you've come off Canberra Marathon. What would that be? Ten weeks ago? Uh, eight. Eight. Yeah. So your body's all good, ready to build. Yeah. So I had three weeks pretty pretty light. Um, my body was probably feeling pretty good two weeks out and. Um, I guess the sign for me was that just all of my general easy runs were starting to get pretty quick towards the back end. So I was like, originally I was going to have three weeks sort of just jogging, but every run seemed to um, escalate towards the back end. So I sort of started back some light sessions uh, in the third week. Um, And then the last five weeks, volume's been anywhere between 135 and um, this week's 175. Um, but it's more, I'd say I'm training more like a 10K runner at the moment in that like the volume's reasonably high, but the sessions aren't, they're, they're not long marathon type sessions. They're more your, um, your, your minor fart legs, your five minute, eight minute efforts, um, a few more hills. So um, I'll start 14 weeks out my marathon prep. Yeah, but you already, you did 35K this morning though. Yeah, that was predominantly because um, pacing the, Pacing the lead women at Gold Coast in four weeks. So I thought if I'm going to run a solid 30K up there, I should maybe get a bit of a longer run in, um, you know, four or three weeks, yeah, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That was a bit why I did that session yesterday as well, just to kind of get a marathon-type session under my belt for that pacing job up at the Gold Coast. Yeah. Did you know about that, Julian? We've got a working job up there. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Yeah, making money out of running. That's... Making some cash, some cash money. We only work we only work four days a week now, so we need to uh, <laughs> find other ways to make some money. <laughs> Got to chase Who are you cash. pacing? Chasing the lead females. Sarah Hall? Nah, she's doing the half, I think. I think there's some oh. Kenyans and Ethiopians and Japanese and that. So, um, yeah, which 226, is 226 pace. Mm, shit, I'd get dropped, I reckon. <laughs> 328Ks. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that's going to be – I'm just jumping at that opportunity because it's a good opportunity to uh, practice gels and drinking out of cups. And I still haven't got that down pat in my two marathons. I've got to figure some of that stuff out. Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm doing what, it as well. What's the um, setup at Berlin for that? Um, can we 
have yeah. our own drinks out. So Subble, have you emailed him yet, Julian? No. I'll flick you an email address. So um, so Brad, you emailed him last week, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I got a response back. Yeah, and I emailed him after you told me that you emailed him and got a response back. So it's like sub 225 gets you into this sub elite start and then you get mm-hmm. to drop drinks in and you go to the race hotel of the morning and they take you with um, all the elites and have a different warm-up area and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll get that email. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I had that last year and then they bailed on me the week of the race and just said that um, uh, 226 wasn't fast enough. You're back in the kind of A section, which was mentally I wasted too much energy worrying about how far I'd be off the line and getting to the start line. So this year, hopefully it's going to be way smoother. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. Rightio, next two weeks. Oh, actually, I didn't really say what I've been doing. So I've been kind of just building a K a week for the long run the last four weeks. So he kind of went 30, 32, 33 and a half, and then 34 today. And I do a bit of training up here with Tali Bird, and she just fangs the long runs, which is good. Well, she doesn't fang them, but she just holds four-minute pace pretty easy. So um, it's been good banging those out with her. And then yeah. did that... Um, kind of one of josh harris's sessions but i cut it short so it's 30 minutes at marathon pace into four by five minutes at half marathon pace with two minutes float in between and then do i did 10 minutes at marathon pace at the end but with the plan to build that to another 30 minutes at marathon pace at the end any of you fellas done that one before no uh not specifically no yeah. it does seem it does seem interesting it's good. It's weird. It's a bit of a mind battle, though, because um, you're kind of working along. Where I did the first 30 minutes was kind of a cross-country kind of course, so it probably was a bit hard to get the sub-320s out. But um, then when I rolled onto the flat in the road for the five minutes, they kind of rolled all right. And then that last 10 minutes was, yeah, I. it's weird. It's kind of when you slow back to that pace, it's probably easier than I was expecting it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done a session that's similar called um, The Big Dog, and it was – Scott gave it to me. He said there was a guy in um, America who used to do it, and he got it from him. But it's basically run um, – it's, it's a long-run session. So you run – I think it's – hold on – 6K easy pace, so just jogging. And then you go into 6K at marathon pace and you run back to a track. And at the track, you do five by a mile at 10K pace with 60 seconds rest afterwards. And then you go back into 6K at marathon pace and then you just basically jog to finish. Um, So I've done that once. It was, I I liked it. It mean, it went, it made all up, it's about 30K. And it just goes so quickly. It, well, that, and it, yeah. yeah. That was a good thing about yesterday. I pretty much did a 69-minute half marathon. I think I got 20.85K out or something at 316 pace. So it's a pretty big duration yeah. at a pretty good click. Definitely. Um, yeah. So that's, um, it's, amazing. it's amazing, though, that um, when you do something a little bit faster in the middle of a session, even though you're tired, you, when you then drop the pace back, how comfortable it feels. It's um, like I often do that with 
oh, like there's been times where you go out and race at 1500 meters and then you'll go and do a tempo afterwards, which is obviously a lot slower than the 1500 meter pace, but it feel, but it's, you're still running pretty quick, but it feels comfortable just because you've activated, I guess you've just worked a different system and Mm. Um, yeah. Well, as I said, yeah, I, I th- kind of um, was thinking oh, I'll just do the because last time I did that same session, but I just did the thirty minutes and then the four by five minutes and then cut it there. So I thought I'll build and I'll do ten minutes, but I kind of cut myself a deal that I'd just make that five minutes after the last five minutes hard. But then once I got going, it was almost like the watch was, you know, tricking me. It was it was relatively really easy to go back to that three fifteen three twenty pace. It's a good sign. Good, it is a good sign. But um, yeah. yeah. But I've still had these other issues with like doing these. Stu- oh, not stupid. But I got this sports doctor, and he got me to do because I've had issues with like testosterone. Every time I drop up to one hundred and eighty, they um, my testosterone levels drop. So I'm trying to keep the mileage around one hundred and forty, hundred and fifty k a week, which seems to be a good sweet spot. But um, just trying to get a bit on top of that. Did this weird thing the other day where you get your bloods done and within one minute of getting the bloods done you got to try and do 15 minutes at over 160 beats per minute and then run straight back into the hospital and get your bloods done again which um is meant to see if i'm overtraining. so it measures your cortisol reaction to putting your body under stress and it should be um they should see a 30 percent rise in the blood results and if it's any more than that they say that you're overtrained and your body's trying to combat for that and if it's any less, it's kind of saying that you can train harder. So fingers crossed, get those results back this Thursday to be able to tell me if I'm right to roll. And are you going to not roll if it says don't roll? Well, I think I'll then look to maybe do two sessions a week or modify something like that. So, yeah, maybe doing two or three sessions like the – standard australian distance runner kind of thing the tuesday thursday saturday um isn't working for me so we'll we'll look to adjust that then mm-hmm. but i still think you can get pretty like i'm still doing a good medium long run during the week and two or three half decent sessions and a good long run on sunday so i'm thinking it's still gonna all i've done is taken out that second 8k junk run so um yeah be interesting to see what happens though yep um what about you, Moose? The next two weeks training, because you uh, you changed your marathon training building into this last one, back to the old kind of traditional mono kind yeah. of training. So you're going to stick to that? Well, I'm going to I'm I'm actually going to do a little bit of that sort of training before I get into a more specific stage. So um, I think coming into the a marathon block, it's nice to be feeling fast. So it makes everything else feel quite easy or be as efficient as possible. So I'm going to be still doing shorter, faster sessions and keeping the long run contained. Uh, it, it also, down here, it's probably more beneficial to run with the group as much as you can. And that's just how the, that's just the culture here is to do that sort of running, is to do the Tuesday, fartlek Thursday, track, Saturday, hill tempo or cross country um i'll I'll jump in with the group because i like running with people and i think you get a lot out of just training with a group in general but when it gets to the when it gets to the crunch i've started to work a little bit more in the store again um and I'll, i'll have to run by myself a lot more so when i 
when it's for, when I'm forced to run by myself, I'll I'll do my style of training a little more. But what I'm going to do is incorporate more speed work, or and more hill reps um, during the week as well. So you've got your your long specific sessions, which is really the trend at the moment for marathoning. But I, mm. I don't want to forget about the shorter, faster, strong like the the, the fast twitch stuff. So you mean like Deke's quarters and Montefiat Lake and stuff like that? No, I mean like true speed work, like 200 and 300 reps with long rest that are fast, um, hill sprints that are 30 seconds long, pretty explosive type work. That's what I want to keep. That I think there's a lot of benefit to that stuff and it shouldn't really affect your longer sessions during the week because it's all small volume you're using different muscle fibers than when you're what you would for your longer sessions, but it's just stuff that comes into effect. I guess by having conditioned fast twitch fibers, when you're fatiguing towards the end of your marathon, they're the ones that you fall back to. And if they're not ready to go, then you, you'll probably feel like you, you can't maintain a faster pace towards the end. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, no one ever hits a wall aerobically in the marathon. It's more your legs are screaming at you and you can't become upright and you're running out down there. Yeah. Yeah. Your form stays stronger. You keep the pop in the legs cause you're just not as, I guess, dependent on all those slow twitches that are, that are starting to burn out or start to get really fatigued. And you're doing, are you doing leg work in the gym and stuff as well? Yeah. I'm going in twice a week for the next probably six to eight weeks. Um, I'm in with a strength and conditioning guy who does the program for the Western Bulldogs and he's got a, well, because of my back issues, I have to do a lot of core work for that. But while I'm in there, we're going to do heavier weights and we're going to get a a lot more explosiveness going, plyometrics, um, stuff I've never done before. And that's probably because I've never done it, I'll get the most benefit out of it now. Yeah, yeah. And up to two hours next Sunday? uh yeah probably <laughs> yeah yeah so there you go brad what about you the next couple of weeks yeah so i've got another two weeks until i start my i guess proper marathon prep so my marathon prep is going to be um three four week cycles followed by a two-week taper um so this week i'll have a session of like two minute hills and probably some eight minute efforts out at the stromlo cross country course um, cause I'm only doing two sessions a week, um, with the occasional harder long run. Um, I've pretty much scrapped the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'm just getting a little bit too old and, and my body seems to be responding well to two sessions a week anyway. So, um, I now work on a, if, if I've done a hard long run, I'll do Wednesday and either Friday or Saturday sessions. Um, but if I have a, a lighter long run, I'll do Tuesday and Friday. Um, so this week, yeah. Two minute hills, some um, eight minute reps at the Stromlo cross country course. Uh, Sunday, I'm probably going to go reasonably long again, just with the with the Gold Coast coming up. Um, plus, I've got a mate here who's looking to run sort of in the 230s, so might run the back end. He wants to run, I think, 10k at sort of 340s at the back end of the long run next week. So I'll do that with him. So, um, and then I'm going to have a lighter week after that with a park run at the end, and then I'll start the marathon prep. Yeah, right. I'm uh, pretty similar. Going to do quarters Tuesday night and then um, not sure about Thursday yet. Probably depends on the quarters park run this Saturday because I'm going to do Launceston 10K the week after that. So hopefully you can hit 
I don't know, maybe a 15-10 or 15-15 feeling all right at park run. And I just want to go to Launceston, break 31 and just have it nice and controlled the first five and bang out some 305s, 306s and hopefully work at home. And at this stage, I'd be happy to run, you know, 30-55 as a nice, hard, controlled effort. What about what about races for you two boys? Um, I'm doing a lot of trail races actually. So, well, not a lot, but I just we sponsor a few events um, in the area, and so it's good to get down there and do those. Uh, I'll treat them as long runs, probably hard effort long runs. Um, they're in the Grampian, so really hilly, kind of a few mountains involved. Uh, shouldn't hopefully not take too much out of me, but you get a, a long run effort. You get hills, you, you're you on trails, so you're probably not going to be beat up as much as um, if you did a, like a long 40K on the road. Yeah. And, and, and some cr- local cross-country still, so that, yeah, that'll just you got to re- win the estate, didn't you? Oh, yeah, in the Wall Brown. There's, Ballarat has a really strong cross-country season. Like all the local clubs come together for a few races um, where they compete against each other, and the Wall Brown – the Chaz Suffren, the Lap of the Lake, they're the three big ones um, where everyone competes. It used to be a lot stronger competition where if you went to that cross country that I won yesterday, you would have five or six Australian reps running. Um, not quite like that anymore. Yeah, I remember going over to Charles Suffren when we were um, running for Bendigo and it was massive. You'd get absolutely smashed over there. Yeah, you would, you would have three guys that have been in the Com Games, three world cross reps, all, and it used to be a big deal to win the suffering. Mm. You, you, you talk to Skillsy Hardigan about it, and he, he'll tell you how many sufferings he's won, and he's yeah. proud of it, and, and that's because he won it in good, like when it was a good race. Yeah, that's it. And what about you, Brad? Just that park run hit out, and then um, Gold Coast pacing? Yeah, so I do park run in two weeks um which we have a pretty quick course here the only thing that slows it down this time of year is is the temperature um but i I guess i've been doing it for a couple of years now so i sort of know where my fitness is at based on what i can run there so if i hopefully i can run we're in 1448 two weeks before canberra so if i can run anywhere sort of 15 minutes um then i know i'm going pretty well um yeah and then the Gold Coast, which I'm not sure how far I'm going to go yet. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to go 30. Um, I know they've asked, you know, for 35, but I don't know whether. I, I just think going to 35 might be, might do more harm than good. Mm. 12 weeks out from Berlin. Yeah, I was in the same boat with my coach. We definitely thought 30 to be a goer, but 35, it's just maybe yeah. pushing it that extra. I think what's going to come down to how how well we handle the humidity and your sweat rate and yeah, yeah how much you get paid yeah and that, yeah that that's it I don't think financially it's worth um, you know what they're paying you to go from thirty to thirty five it's hard it's not worth it yeah so, yeah um, no, yeah if, if there was a if there was a bigger bonus for that last five k then maybe. <laughs> put in a surge and um well i was yeah. half thinking about it I'm like if heaps of blokes hit a wall you could hang on and nearly win the um oceanic kind of you could get a bit more cash if you probably run a 226 225 yeah yeah not good yeah that's it berlin's the a game so i don't want to compromise that yeah right yeah let's finish off then so we're um what are we the fourth of may 
Julian, what are we on track for for Berlin? What are you thinking? Got a time? Oh, actually, I don't. I'm not even going to. This is going to ruin your podcast, but I don't have a time that I want to run. I want to run the perfect race, and that'll like I'm not wearing a watch. I've put time limitations on myself in the past and time goals, and all it does is create stress, and it creates stress during the race too. So, no, no. At the moment, I feel really good, and I think I'm going to have a good race. Process That's, goal, not outcome goal. Exactly. I'm just. It, I don't, I don't know what that means, but that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Brad? Uh, I'd like to run faster than I did in Canberra, so that was, that's the first goal. Um, I think in, Mate, you're going to smash previous, that. In a previous podcast, I said if I, hadn't, if I didn't break 225 in Canberra, then that would have been the goal for Berlin. But now that I've done that, um, like I'd like to think that I can go low 220s. I don't know whether, like, I think, like, 220, sub-220 is a... Is a it's pretty hard, I reckon. Um, even though, probably based on my 10k, I'm capable of sub 220. Um, I just don't know whether I'm going to bite off that much. I, I just want to enjoy the experience and and maybe look. Because I'm I'm quite new to the marathon, so if I can run anything sort of around 222, 221, it gives me enough confidence that you know potentially I go back next year with the goal of breaking 220. So um, obviously anything a PB to start with. Um, and anywhere between that 220 and 224, I suppose. I'm going to ask this question every um, every time we do one of these podcasts and see how it changes those answers. I'm uh, I'm in the same boat. I just kind of I'd love to run under that 219, like that qualifying time, to be able to say that once upon a time you qualified or you ran a qualifying time for the Com Games. Not that it's going to be good enough to get picked in a team, but um, yeah, anything better than 221.53. Hopefully in my third one, I'm, I've learned a bit more and good. I just went missing for about five or six K last year during about, I think it was like 33 to 39, just had a shocking, probably lost 20 seconds a K for five or six K. So it'd be good for that not to happen. And um, yeah, be able to run a 220 or a 218 or 219 or something like that. But depending on how training goes the next 15 weeks. Sounds, sounds good, mate. Yeah, right, boys. All right. We'll, um, we'll leave it there. People can follow our progress on Strava. Julian's got to get to the airport. And um, mm-hmm. we'll go from, we'll put another one of these out in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Very good. Thanks for the chat, boys. Thanks for, thanks for having me, mate. Train well, fellas. Talk soon. See ya. Bye. See ya, boys. Bye. There we go. How was that? I hope you got something out of it and it brought you some kind of value. As I said in the introduction, be sure to let me know though, because um, yeah, if no one's keen on these kind of episodes, there's no really uh, point putting them together. And I'm really interested in your feedback. If we're going to go forward with putting these uh, Berlin kind of journey to and a bit of uh, banter between the three of us together. If you like what you heard there, be sure to check out Brad's interview. He was episode 9 and 10 of Tell Me Your Tales and Julian was episode number 4 of Tell Me Your Tales. So if you haven't already, go back and hear about their journeys in running and where they've been and what they've been up to. Beautiful. Thanks for taking half an hour to check out this episode. I really appreciate it. And I'll be back shortly with another episode. Cheers.
believe the choices you made were right. Don't let what ifs keep you awake at night. Because I've met someone new now. But it was you who first showed me how. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 